It's my show. What's that smell? I don't know. Really? You don't smell that? I feel like we should change our podcast name to What's That Smell? That seems more apropos. No, really. Did you take a dump in the house? No. Zeddy, I see it. It's right over there in the hallway. It's plain as day. Oh, that. Yeah, I made that a while ago. You made it? You mean you took it? Took it? <laughs> if I took it, it'd be in my paws right now. <laughs> well, you don't make a dump. You take a dump, and clearly you took a dump. Yeah, that's for mother. Oh. And father, but mostly it's for mother. Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, how else am I going to teach them a lesson? Are you still upset because they left? Uh, duh. Sometimes they leave the house. We know this. And when they do, they usually take us. Otherwise, what is the point? True, there is no point, but that's still no reason to take a dump in the hallway floor. Can we just get on with this? Uh, We have a very special fleshy guest today, and we don't have time to dilly-dally. All right then, let's do it. Time to get into this week's... From the skyscrapers of New York to the coast of California, this is... Doggo News! In our first story, a dog sitter that was hired through the popular dog sitting app Rover lost a client's doodle mix within a couple of hours of watching him. While the owner was out of town, the dog sitter decided not to tell the owner until the day she got back, hoping that the dog would be found by animal control. Nope! Dog is still missing in the Chicago area, and a $5,000 reward has been listed by the owner for his return. Hey, isn't there a doodle mix living down the street from us? I mean, couldn't we just pretend he's the same dog and get the 5G reward? No, Zeddy, <laughs> that would be unethical. Oh, uh, what does that mean? Uh, it means that it would be wrong. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Well, hey, listen, fleshies, if you think that you can just trust us with anyone, think again. Some of us doggos are sneaky little suckers, and if we think that you've abandoned us with some stranger, we're liable to disappear. Next up, the subscription service BarkBox released a warning to its customers that a chew that was in one of their packages may have caused the death of one owner's dog. The chew manufacturer, Loving Pets, said they were doing a thorough investigation and that, quote, they would never share anything that we wouldn't give to our own pups. Loving Pets stated that their products go through rigorous testing including microbial testing, digestibility, and that a certified veterinary nutritionist reviews the standards according to AAFCO, aka the Association of American Feed Control Officials. Further investigations have been launched to see if the duck-flavored Lucky Chew Stick was indeed the cause of death of the dog, Sugar. If you subscribe to BarkBox for your dog, you may want to refrain from giving your dog that specific chew until further notice. That's really terrible. It's possible, however, that the dog had a separate ailment and the owner didn't know about it. Yeah, that's true. Either way, we feel bad for the dog's owner and hopefully she'll find out what the cause was. We'll keep you updated if we find out. All right, moving on. As usual, when we have a guest, we like to zoom through our segments so we can get to the interview. So what's up next? Monday's Mutts! This is a hard one for us. Oh, on so many different levels. First off, because this is a truly hideous, hideous practice that goes on in the world, and it must stop now. And secondly, it's hard for us to discuss because, as many of our listeners know, Mama is Korean, and it pains her to even think about this subject, let alone to talk about it. We're talking, of course, about the dog meat industry in Korea and other parts of Asia. Terrible! On May 27th, 171 dogs from South Korean dog meat 
Wheat Farms landed in Dulles International Airport to start new lives. Teams from South Korean rescue organizations joined together in their efforts to place dogs in temporary shelters in Maryland. Many of these dogs had lived in a cage their whole lives, and many were sick and emaciated. We're happy to hear that they made it safely to the U.S., and we hope these pups find wonderful forever homes. One of the organizers from the South Korean Humane Society is Nara Kim, and she's been helping to rescue dogs from meat farms in Korea. Humane Society International in South Korea has closed down 17 dog meat farms in the country and have a campaign to create legislation to end the dog meat trade. A recent poll conducted by HSI found that 84% of Koreans said that they don't and won't eat dogs and they would support the ban. It's people like Nara Kim who helped to close down these awful dog farms that give us hope that Korea will soon do the right thing and ban dog meat forever. Cat farms are okay, but dog meat, uh, you know, that's out of the question. Yeah. It was a joke, Richie Cats. It was a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Besides, I heard cats say it's horrible. Zeddy! Moving on! Breed of the Week! In today's Breed of the Week, we like to highlight a breed that Mama's been obsessing over. Uh, me? No, not you, and you're a super mutt. Wait, who's Mama been obsessing over? An Australian cattle dog. She keeps seeing them at Reggie Canyon. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Overrated. <laughs> well, I think he's handsome. Yeah, he's all right. Australian cattle dogs, also known as blue healers or Queensland healers, are related to Australia's famous wild dog, the dingo. Bingo! No, dingo! Dingo! The Australian cattle dog can range from 17 to 20 inches tall and weigh from 35 to 50 pounds. Their life expectancy ranges from 12 to 16 years human time. Too damn short! Blue healers are generally born with a white coat that turns blue-gray or red. Both coat varieties feature distinctive modeling or speckled patterns. Huh, it's like freckles. Not really. Uh, they probably drank freckle juice. Did you drink drug juice before we started? No. Anyway, these dogs are agile, fit, have boundless energy, and love to hunt, chase, and herd livestock. Probably why they're called cattle dogs. So they need lots of exercise and probably wouldn't do well with a first-time dog owner since they're known to... Uh, manipulate their parents if they're bored. Yeah, sounds like a dog I know. Interesting fact, blue healers come from the efforts of some fleshy in Australia named George Elliott, who bred dingoes, which were a feral type of dog in Australia, with collies. And then later, two other fleshy brothers mixed those dogs with Dalmatians to create the breed we see now as the Australian Kettle Dog. Now that is really interesting. We also have a great article about the difference between Australian Kettle Dogs and Australian Shepherds on our Facebook page, so check it out. Cheez-It here to tell you that this week's Breed of the Week is brought to you by Alicia Larson, Olga Ekman, Bailey, Lexi, Teresa, Willie Walter, and Stife and Tambo London. Our very special fuckable Patreons. Thanks, Cheezer. That was helpful. Uh, but you forgot to tell them where to learn more about Patreon. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the Zedian Indie Show. Righteous. All right, so uh, I think it's time we have to hustle it right along to... Digging deep in doggo health. The Zeddy and Indy Show do not claim to be experts in pet health, and anything they say is meant for informational or educational purposes, and not intended as medical advice. Please consult your veterinarian when treating your dog or pet. Also, fuck kibble. In today's health segment, we're going to talk about some things that shouldn't be in your dog's food or treats. 
Kibble? Fuck kibble! Actually, just stuff that if you see it listed in the ingredients, you definitely don't want to buy it for your dog. Why not? For various reasons, because, well, it could either give your dog an upset stomach or, possibly worse, give your dog a disease. Oh, no! All right, we're going to make this quick because, like we said, we got a very special guest today. Yeah, get to it! All right, so without going into full details of each ingredient, do your due diligence and check them out for yourself or check out our Facebook post. Here's a short list of things you don't want to see in your dog's food or treats. Hit me! And uh, excuse my pronunciation in advance since fleshy words can sometimes be difficult for no reason at all. I try to help the fishies remember this stuff by making word associations with them. Oh, that's a great idea. All right, so the first on the list is melamine. It's like a mine for your dog's stomach. Nice. Okay, yes. Melamine is a type of plastic that contains nitrogen, which can be added to dog food to make it look like it has more protein, but it's definitely toxic if you ingest it. It can cause kidney failure in dogs, and it's related to one of the worst dog food recalls in 2007. Horrible! Next up, we have BHA, BHT, and ethoxyquin. Probably pronounced that last one wrong. Just think of it like BPA is bad for humans, right? So is BHA and BHT for dogs. And the last one, ethoxyquin, is unethical. Oh, there's that word, unethical, bad. <laughs> BHA and BHT are artificial preservatives found in some traditional dog foods and treats to extend their shelf life. And ethoxyquin is a fat preservative, but it's also used as a pesticide. One study showed that it raises hemoglobin pigment in the liver, so stay away from that. Here's the reason I would like fresh food. Fresh meat, fresh fish, fresh treats. Exactly. We're not snobs. We're we're foodies. That's right. Next up, we have propylene glycol, an artificial additive used to maintain texture to keep it soft. It could be toxic to dogs, so you may want to stay clear of it, even though the FDA deems it safe. FDA stands for Feed Dogs Anything. It does? No, but it might as well. So, uh, okay, Indy, what's your word association with the propylene glycol? Bless you. Well, it sounds like propane. You know, you wouldn't want to gas your dog, so... All right, so next we have carrageenan. Why don't we just tell people not to get their dogs anything they can't pronounce? Carrageenan is extracted from red seaweed and is used as a thickener, especially in wet dog food. It's been determined safe by the FDA, but the degraded variant called polygenin is potentially harmful. I love how they say it's safe. Safe doesn't mean healthy. Like eating McDonald's every day may be safe and delicious, but it's probably not healthy. Yeah, they have salads, though. (laughs) I love their nuggets. (laughs) Sweet and sour. (laughs) Anyway, what is your word association on carrageenan? How about it sounds like carcinogen? Very good. On that note, check out the other items on the list on the article we found about bad ingredients in dog food on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash the Zeddy and Indy show. Can we get to our guest now? Yes, let's do it. All right. Today's guest is a photographer and writer who specializes in community driven storytelling with a focus on travel and portraiture. Her blog, Travels with Quigley, chronicles some of her amazing travel experiences she's had with her rescue terrier, Quigley. We brought her on today to give us some tips on how to travel with the pups. Please give a big dog bark for our guest, Brianna Moore. 
Hi, doggies. <laughs> so excited to talk to you. Thanks for coming on to our show. We love road trips and we want our listeners to know how easy it can be to take their beloved furries with them on their vacays. Yeah, we just found out that mother and father went on this epic road trip without us, which was total bullshit. They left us with the means of motor. Day and night, I had to deal with the lug. Oh, you loved it. Oh, God. What are you doing here, Mo? The Minja's on a trip now. Jesus. As soon as the beer virus gets under control, it's like all the fleshies are gone with the wind. Yeah, it's like they're so sick of us that they're just dumping us off at the in-laws and going on vacay without us. Yeah, that's why it's so great that you're here with us, Brianna. You need to educate the fleshies on how to go on trips with us, not without us. Word! <laughs> so, first off, Brianna, can you please tell our audience a little bit about your blog and how it all got started? This project actually really changed my life. It embodies all of my deepest passions. It's photography, literature, travel, community engagement, and the most important part, rescue pets. Yeah! Yeah, it uh, travels with Quigley. It started as a passion project that was just dedicated to revisiting the classic John Steinbeck travelogue, Travels with Charlie. During the road trip that I did, Quigley and I had the opportunity to connect with some incredible dog-friendly brands and properties and actually quickly realized that the experience should live beyond a single project. And so now it's evolved into this whole series of dog-friendly travel projects, um, including city guides. That's awesome. Can you uh, tell our audience quickly about Quigley, quickly, quickly? Quickly, quickly. <laughs> can you uh, tell, uh, you know, describe what he looks like, what kind of dog? So Quigley is a terrier mutt. Woohoo! He's nine. He's a rescue dog. We think he's part Westie, part Wheaton. And he's got a massive head that's way too big for the rest <laughs> of his body. And he's really just a love. He's just an absolute smiley, goofy love. Is that anything related to a lug? It is. In fact, Mo, he has an excellent side sit. We're taking over the world with their side sits. Oh, yeah. So let's say that a fleshy is going on a road trip. He wants to bring their dog. What are the things that they need to consider before they even go? Good question, Indy. So there are two very important things to consider when planning a trip. One is getting your pet familiar with the car or time machine. You want to start small and take your pets on like a few day trips just to feel out their needs and, you know, notice like, do they feel more comfortable crated or do they prefer like an open bed or seat? Do they get motion sick? Do they respond to certain music or noises, which I never would have thought about because um, Quigley's pretty chill. But for some reason, when Stephen Fry is narrating an audiobook, he gets really grunty. And so if it's an intense... He doesn't like Stephen Fry's voice? Is that the well, issue? Well, he does. I think it makes him nervous. We we listened to all of the Harry Potter books on the last road trip. And whenever something intense started happening, he just was like, Stephen Fry, you are too much. So I now know. But the other really important part has to do with safety. And I'm sorry, guys, but you're not going to like this part. Uh -oh. but we'll get over quick. You have to go to your vet to make sure your shots are up to date and you have uh, any treatments you need and get a health certificate. A health certificate? Is that like a vaccine card or vaccinate yes. proof of vaccination? So you don't have to, but it's good to request a health certificate to at least show they're in good health and their vaccines are up to date because some places you never know you might get like a cranky hotel owner or something who just wants oh, right. to like make 
picture. Asking if we have rabies or something yes, like that. Yes, exactly. So you just want to have that. And also, you definitely want to research if there's any regulations or like what's going on with local wildlife where you go. For example, when we went to the Badlands, I was about to get out of the car with Quigley when the ranger said, oh, this area, dogs aren't allowed out of the car because the prairie dogs have the bubonic plague. Oh, right. We know all about that. Yeah. Bobo had the bubonic plague. We know all about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about packing? Is there anything like fleshies tend to forget when they're going on trips with their dogs? Um, a few things. One is I always recommend bringing extras of the really important items like a leash, extra poop bags, extra snacks, because you just never know what you're going to need. And then on top of that, if you're bringing important records like the vaccinations, um, you might want to bring in your microchip info. Um, It's actually smart to put a printed recent picture of your pet in just in case anything happens. Um, Everyone I know keeps everything on their phone these days, but it's good to have one printed out just in case of emergency. A side question. What's your favorite place that you've been to with Quigley and why? That is so tough. Um, One is actually a place your mommy and daddy love, which is New Orleans. Oh, yeah. I heard about that place. It has good food, has good music. I don't trust people throwing beads at me. They also, they have a lot of dogs, I hear, in New Orleans. So it's pretty, it's like, would you say it's a dog-friendly city? Very dog-friendly. I mean, you can go to a lot of restaurants, a lot of hotels, and they even let you on things like their special tours, like ghost tours and haunted tours. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Andy won't go for that, but I'm totally down for that. Totally down for that. <laughs> I deal with enough ghosts in my and- life. Thank you very much. <laughs> Stupid, they're called shadows. I also really loved Yellowstone National Park. Um, we saw a wolf when we were there, and I think it was a very spiritual experience for Quigley. He was like, hello, my ancestor. <laughs> I could see that. I mean, Yellowstone alone just means that a lot of dogs pee on it, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't get it. Yellowstone? I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, duh. I'm a little oh. slow on the uptake. Okay, got it. <laughs> good one, Mike. Good one. <laughs> I mean, have you ever gotten any like dirty looks by people when you've taken Quigley somewhere or, or like has anyone, you know, said anything mean to you about bringing your dog into somewhere, like in a place or restaurant or something? Yes, unfortunately. Um, I mean, listen, I know some people are genuinely scared of animals, but I swear some people just have like, dark souls. Um, we, were, <laughs> we were in Venice, Italy, and we were inside a restaurant where he was allowed, and there was uh-huh. this uptight couple. But it was actually really funny because as the meal went on, like servers, even that weren't ours, came to the table to see him. Guests came and sat at our table. And then uh-huh. eventually the chef checked what his favorite food was, and he made brown rice and salmon for Quigley and gave it to him on a plate. And the look on these people's faces were amazing. So, yeah. That's like a long, you know, plane ride, right? So how does that go? Like, uh, how's Quigley on a plane? How does he he handle? Because how many hours is that? So we, um, we lived in Germany for a while. So he had to fly out from New York. And it was about, I think, six or seven hours on the plane, which um, he actually did pretty well. He he doesn't really have accidents or anything, and he mostly just naps or smiles at people. Um, uh-huh. He kind of likes to flirt, so when he's in the plane, he does well. Um, the one thing that I always like to be careful about that's, a, that's quite a balance is 
they're not supposed to have water before they get on the plane, but you don't want them oh. to get dehydrated. Right, right. So I actually bring either sliced cucumber or sliced carrots, and I give them to him when we take off and land, which distracts him from that time because that time's a little scary. Um, yeah, and then it yeah, also gives him just like a little bit of it keeps him hydrated enough to get through the flight without having to pee everywhere. Does he have to stay in the crate the whole time or is he allowed to like sit on your lap? So that completely depends on your seatmates and the flight crew. So I've had Uh. some flights where, you know, the flight crew were like, who's this little guy? And they bring him up on the seat and love on (laughs) him. And I had a seatmate who who actually had him sit in the middle and she lifted her armrest so he could sleep on her lap. And Uh. she told me it was better than first class. But our our last flight, um, he had to stay in his soft crate the whole time time uh, because rules are changing for for pets. Um, He had just his head out, just his head peeking out on my Uh foot asleep and they made me tuck it back in. So, Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) They should do that to babies. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap them up, swaddle them up and don't let them out. (laughs) Okay, back to the subject. Any tips on the actual road trip itself? Like, uh, Like how to keep us calm so we're not thinking that we're going on a really long time machine ride to a vet. Yeah, for example, when mother and father dump us off at the Minges, they usually leave a few of their, you know, their dirty shirts in our crates so we remember what they smell like. You know, just in case we need to cry into it like a pillow. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you make the actual road trip comfortable for Quigley? I mean, you know, besides Puppuccino stops at Starbucks. Mm, Puppuccinos. <laughs> Your parent shirt idea is really smart. And along those lines, I always bring a favorite comfort toy and then either like a blanket or another soft comfort item to go in the car. Um, And something else that I think is important is that, you know, wherever your space is, if it's a crate or a bed or whatever, that it's not cramped with like luggage and bags immediately up against. Sometimes, you know, you'll pack the car pretty full and then stuff's, you know, falling over. It's scary for the dog. So I always recommend making, making sure there's some space. And then I also recommend getting a long walk or some zoomies before you leave. Oh, good idea. Wear us out. Exactly. And then, and then once you're at your destination, like how do you keep your dog relaxed and calm staying at a, you know, a strange place? Because then he will just try and mark his area by pissing on the flowers outside the lobby, (laughs) shitting in the room. Come on, it's it's doggy nature. You shouldn't shit inside, Daddy. Look, I wouldn't do that if they, you know, didn't leave me alone in a strange place. Anyway, any tips? You know, I think that above all, the owners need to remember to have patience because the dogs, you know, might be on edge or push boundaries a little bit just due to the change of environment that we fleshies are imposing on you. So we should be patient. I mean, my main tip for settling in is just to keep your normal routine as much as possible. So if a dog is used to meals and walks at a certain time of day, you want to try to stick to that. Also, if your dog is really responsive to like strange sounds, if they're in a new hotel or something like that, then consider downloading a white noise app to play in the room just so they're not fixated on the sound. And uh, what about finding hotels and lodging that's dog friendly? You know, like mother heard that sometimes that you can book a place through a third party website like, you know, Expedia or Hotels.com. And it says that it's a pet friendly hotel, but then she'll read the reviews and people will say how they got turned away when they got there because, you know, they have a no pet policy. Complete liars. 
<laughs> or they charge a ridiculous cleaning fee. Could you imagine if hotels charged an extra cleaning fee for flesh blobs? There would be riots. And kids are way messier than us. Yeah, they do poop inside. <laughs> and it smells way worse than our poop. I mean, Zeddy only poops inside when he's, you know, like acting out. And flesh blobs, they poop in a cotton pad and then fleshies throw it in the trash can inside the hotel room. It's the worst smell ever. So yeah, any tips when staying at a hotel and how to find good lodging? You don't have to settle for hotels where dog friendly means dog tolerant. Like if you are looking up on a website and they have maybe one line that just says pets can stay with this fee. That's not the place to go with your dog unless you're desperate. Um, If they have, you know, a full page about their dog program or amenities, then you know you're all good. If you are looking on places like Expedia, you definitely want to check the actual hotel website beforehand because I have heard of people running into that. When I travel, I actually have a few like go-to hotel chains that I use, and I also love pet-friendly Airbnbs. Before we wrap things up, we want to ask you to take part in our questionnaire that we always ask our fleshy guests. Are you ready? So ready. Vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Day or night? Night. Chess or Scrabble? I dominate in Scrabble, so yeah. <laughs> Fetch or Cuddles? Cuddles. Vampires or Werewolves? I feel like I need to say Werewolves here. But you were thinking about vampires. You were uh, like, vampires are hot. That's what you were thinking. Uh, There's no shame in choosing vampires. It's okay. They're more sexy. It is obviously still can't get over Twilight. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Boxers or terriers? Obviously terriers. Uh, shitting inside or outside? <laughs> just kidding. I was just thinking about staying in a hotel. <laughs> Freakazoid. <laughs> uh, horror or comedy? Comedy. The power of flight or a tail? Flight, but only so that I could take Quigley anywhere I go without issue. Yeah, that would be so awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually have to agree with that one. I would yeah, good answer, good answer. <laughs> Invincibility or a tail? Invincibility, but again, just to use my powers to help puppies. Oh, that's sweet. Everlasting life or a tail? Tail. Unlimited amounts of bacon or a tail? Hmm... Tail. Winning an Oscar or a tail? Tail. Climbing Mount Everest or a tail? I have been to Everest Base Camp and I have no desire to go any higher, so absolutely a tail. Thank you so much, Brianna, for being our guest today. Please tell our guests where to find out more about you and Quigley and where they can see your awesome photography and learn more. Thank you, doggies. Um, I think the easiest place to start is Travels with Quigley on Instagram. And if you want to dive deeper, my website, Instagram, Twitter, everything are all just Brianna Moore. So it's nice and simple. (laughs) Thanks, guys. That was awesome. I'm so ready to go on another road trip with Mama and Daddy. Me too. Let's go. Should we wrap up with a page from our book then? 865 Reasons Why Having a Dog is So Much Better Than Having a Kid. Reason number 42. Bathroom Breaks. Have you ever been on a road trip and little Timsters keeps bitching about peeing? I gotta pee. I'm gonna pee my pants. But you're stuck on the 5 freeway in the middle of rush hour and the next exit is two and a half miles away, a.k.a. 30 minutes away? Little Timbo is gonna pee all over your back seat. Too bad Tim Tim is too old for diapers. <laughs> but if you have a dog, all you gotta do is pull over, let your dog out. They can do their business right out the car, right there in public. But not on the fire freeway. No, that would be a bad idea. Think about it. It's one of our superpowers being a dog. Being able to pee outside in public. 
But we digress. So, why do you think fleshies can't pee outside in public? Well, I think some male fleshies do all the time. True, true. But I think it has to do with, you know, Adam and Eve. Uh, excuse me, who? You know, the whole thing about being naked and the shame of all that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I am naked all the time and there is no shame. Yes, we know. <laughs> we know your lack of humidity with your nudity. <laughs> the point is, is if you get a kid, you better be ready to plan out those bathroom breaks. But don't worry about us. We'll pee wherever we are, and no one's going to give us a dirty look. And if they do, they can suck it. Yeah, it's our nature. So thanks for tuning in to today's episode, Fleshies. And thank you again to our guests, Brianna Moore and her cute little terrier, Quigley. Make sure to check out our Facebook page and Instagram to see today's stories. And if you haven't already, please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Zeddy and Indie Show. For as little as three bucks a month, you can get early access to our show and other special perks and also help us to continue our show. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Zeddy and Indie Show. So until next time, smell, smell you later! later.